Hola, soy Dibujar. And I'm Shades. Y esto es Entusiasmado con Gafas de Sol y Dibujar. Bienvenido de nuevo, Gafas de Sol. I, oh, I, Sketch, I'm sorry. I, I have your audio set to SAP. Ay, Dios mío. Oh, let me fix. There we go. Better? Perfect. Perfect. Guys, welcome back to the GoCo. Welcome back, Shades. Welcome back, Sketch. Um, Every time you join us, you join us in a different, different corner, corner of the Geeking Out multiverse. Yeah. And uh, this time we are a little, little hot, a little tropical. Not well, perfect for summer. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Everywhere. Mosquitoes everywhere. I think I have malaria. Oh, God, what are these animals called? The capybaras? Capybara. Capybaras. The world's largest rodent. Yep. There they are. They're everywhere. Do you know why I know that? The tick. Something culinarily? The oh, tick. Yes speak yes and uh we've just been kind of traversing this colombian jungle for yeah. days really days ages ages it feels like um is there any hope of getting out i don't know tune in next time like over the crest of this hill there might be a little town refuge it looks picturesque it looks majestic and magical dare i say it looks like it hides a dark secret sure that must mean we're, we're talking, talking about, about Disney's, Disney's Encanto. The the big, uh, the latest big the, Disney. The uh, Academy Award winning yes. Encanto. Academy Award winning best animated picture. Best animated. Is that called? Best animated feature. Because there's also animated short. Oh, well, there you go. All right. If we're talking Encanto. Uh, Sketch, do we, have a, do we have a theme song? So many theme songs. <laughs> Can you pick one? Uh, the classic. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Perfect. Perfect. Except then we will spend a whole song. Yes. Talking about talking about talking Bruno. About Bruno. But that's okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's Disney. Uh, so yeah, well, welcome back, everybody. This is yeah. going to be our Encanto episode. So spoilers for Encanto. Encanto. Um, I think it's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Colombian culture and history, maybe. Maybe. Um, but yeah, just a nice little self-contained movie uh, brought to us by Disney Animation Studios. You know how much we love Disney. Mm. Mm. This episode brought to you by Walt Disney Pictures. Fill in the blank of whatever movie's out right sure. now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so uh, this will be quick. Shades, what's your history with Encanto? Um, I have a vague memory of it coming out sometime in, like, fall, winter 2021. Yeah. Um, seemed to vanish very quickly. I yeah. don't know why. It seemed, I remember it getting a theatrical run, but yeah, then I did. remember it, like, being the tentpole Disney Plus thing. Yeah. Uh, Elise watched it, loved it, was like, hey, I would really like to watch this with you. And then you said, oh, this is like Doodle's favorite movie right now. Yeah, it's one of the, one of the top. Want to do it for the pod? And I, I'll watch it. Yeah. And I did. It's about, it's about superpowers. Uh, kind of. I don't know if I agree with that. You wouldn't call Luisa's gift a superpower? I would call Luisa's gift a superpower. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I would call all of their gifts No, they're not all superpowers. Luisa's gift Luisa's is a superpower. Gift, um, I felt so bad for Luisa. 
Well, we're getting we're, we're getting, we're getting yeah, there, but you feel bad for almost everybody. Almost everybody, but I like particularly bad for Luisa because like some some of the like a lot of the gifts have nothing to do with like safety security of the town. Mm-hmm. Like Luisa is no, she's the workhorse of the she family. Is, I mean, she well, has she's to the do workhorse everything. of the whole town depends on her. Yeah, absolutely. Those donkeys love her though. Um, I don't know what they were trying to say with that. Well, one of the fun- was it offensive? I'm not sure. I don't think it was. Her loves were the donkeys. One of the it was weird strengths of this movie is i think um you can really identify with so many of the characters that you can really um feel for the character that that you know matches your sure in life struggles the best i I will agree with that sketch what's your Um, history my history with yeah same thing i i knew it came out in theaters um and i typically try to catch the the disney animated Mm. theaters because there's usually good venue for it but it was mid-pandemic and i was like no thanks not going to a theater yeah um so then it dropped on Disney Plus, and uh, you know, one night we were just like, "Oh, let's just check it out," and uh, really enjoyed it. Doodle really enjoyed it, so it's been on multiple times since. Um, but and and like, I'm not complaining about that. Mm. You know, like it's it's enjoyable for me to rewatch again and um, just you know tune in for part of it or 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 whatnot. Because you know, when you have a three year old, you don't often get to the end of a movie. Sure, um, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, so and then I was like, you know what? We should do this for the podcast because it's like uh, it's, it's superpowers. Yeah, it's and, like and supernatural. Magic and, it's yeah, supernatural. supernatural. And, and supernatural. Magic. I like that. I'll mm-hmm. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is if this were in the DCU or the Marvel universe, this the, all of their powers come from a magical source. Yes. Yes. I have a big question about that. I have. I will get there. Well, there's lots of big questions. So, yeah. All right. Disney's Encanto. Disney's Encanto. Encanto traces back to 2016 during the publicity tour for Moana. Jared Bush and Byron Howard knew they wanted their next project to be a musical, which turned into a Latin American musical after Lin-Manuel Miranda came on board. It took five years to develop their quote-unquote true north as a perspective piece, how you see others and how others see you. So that was their guiding principle for this movie. Mm-hmm. Three important discoveries shaped the film. One, most people don't feel truly seen by their family. Two, most people carry burdens we don't let our family see. And three, most people are oblivious to the near that nearly all others, especially within our family, feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So those were those three discoveries, and that's how the story and the movie take shape. Sure. In 2018, Juan Rendon and Natalie Osama were hired as cultural experts to be part of their team known as, quote, unquote, the Colombian Trust. So they had a consultant team of of people of Colombian heritage to make sure that they were representing Colombian culture Mm -hmm. effectively. Yeah. I I have a friend from Colombia who saw this. And the first thing she said to me was... They got it right. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. she was like, wow. I was going to say, if they, if they went to that length and failed, that would oh, be no, really no. embarrassing. Oh, no, no. When she said, oh, yeah, no, I saw that. And I was like, oh, what did you think? She goes, it was amazing how authentic they were about things. That's awesome. So. Also in 2018, Rendon, Osama, Bush, Howard, and Miranda all went to Columbia to meet with architects, chefs, and cultural artisans to immerse themselves in the culture of Columbia. Um, and they were amazed that every town they went to had a specific personality that became a touchstone for other residents and family members of within the movie. Hmm. So the, every family member, 
their clothing, their characteristics, and the townspeople are reflective of different towns that they visited. Interesting. That's neat. I wasn't able to figure out what those towns were. Yeah. Um, the It is the first film since Tangled in 2010 to use tall frame cinematography. I could tell. Well, I, I will say it certainly... What is tall frame cinematography? Just the proportions of the... I don't think it was like designed for widescreen. Oh, 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 gotcha. Like so, and and everything's um, with tall frame. It's more near near field perspective. Okay, and how like the depth depth represents mm-hmm. in the CGI. Mm-hmm. I will say, I said this repeatedly. I texted you. I said this feels like a big return to form. You did, um, you but did. It, also the look of it felt like it felt. I, I will say it felt less less like a Pixar movie than mm-hmm. most. Even Walt Disney animation movies yeah. that have been done by Pixar, but not under the Pixar banner, mm-hmm. it felt more like it felt more Disney than Pixar yeah. to me, which most Disney to me as of late has felt very Pixar. Mm-hmm. So maybe that had something to do with it. Good. That's uh, that's all the history I've got for this. That's okay. Yeah, I think that was enough. Yeah, and Disney, you know. Yeah, modern Disney. I've got things so buttoned up and yeah. clean that you're not going to get a lot of drama and crazy Nicolas Cage stories. <laughs> no one had a cabin you know, built for them. Yeah, no one. You know, they weren't like on set in the middle of the ocean. I mean, they did. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Waterworld reference yeah. for you there. But they did. Yeah, they, but they did their do homework. Yeah. Uh, I think that brings us to internet scores. All important internet scores, quote unquote. IMDb. Gives it a 7.2. Rotten Tomatoes and 91. 85% of Google reviewers loved this movie. And I gave it an 80. Very good. Sketch. I gave it a 96. Wow. I love Encanto. High scores. Love Encanto. I had some problems with it. I, I'm, I'm aware. And I will say, um, I, I come from a very small family uh-huh. and married into a very large family. Yeah. So I have feelings about this movie. Okay. Uh that are near impossible for me to separate from the challenges of going from a very small family yep. to a very large mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shifting dynamic yeah. uh big family yeah. setting. Yeah. Where you are entering like thirty years in. Into into that dynamic. Into this family. Uh or no, it, you're talking about your family? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. So, like, there's there's 30 years of dynamics there that right, you're right. suddenly thrust. So, like, I I have my own like baggage baggage with yeah a bring movie in, like bring this. It into this movie. Yep, yep. Family that baggage. Is, yeah, that yeah. is, and that's just that's not like I I I I love my my in laws. Yeah, like they're wonderful people. Yeah, we just lost some it's, subscribers. It's no. a it it is difficult to enter into a dynamic with like 30 plus years of of backstory. Mm-hmm. Let's say. Mm-hmm. And find your place when you're not used to dealing with a, a large, yeah, a large group, yeah, with with many nuanced dynamics. I hear you. Which I think this movie represented very well. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm part of a large family, but I'm definitely not part of a small family. I would I would say your your family is very similar to the Madrigals. Uh, I don't know if they're similar to the Madrigals, but very similar to. Uh, to to my in-laws okay it's it's pretty big yeah and there's a lot of dynamics there from what i know about your family well the um 
the, the biggest thing in my family that is probably um, unusual uh, that I take for granted because I don't I don't think of it as much because I just grew up with it. But my mom is an identical twin. Hmm. And so her sister is is growing up. She was like a second mother very much. So, like, wow. I, you know, like I have all of my cousins are probably closer to me than typical American cousins. Yeah. Okay. You come from a, a large family. Well, I guess so. Yeah. But that's cool that it feels small. Yeah. Well, because there's four of them and three of us. Yeah. And then, then that's pretty parents. big. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I gave it a 96. Cool. Because I didn't see my family a lot in this movie, but I did, I did see myself a lot in this movie. Cool. But, uh, yeah. Yep. I like it. I dig it. Um, sketch. How much do you think it cost? How much do you think it made? I don't even know. In midst of a pandemic, what yeah, what things cost? It, it did have a theatrical run. It did a small one, but I mean, like prices for things went up a lot in the pandemic. It did, but I feel like this movie was produced way before then. Okay, so I don't think that factored into. Okay, the animation was most of the animation was finished before. Like nice. it was in theaters in November of twenty twenty one. Ninety you know five I mean? million dollars. I don't know if that's a good guess. Probably not. It cost a hundred and fifty million dollars. Then I guess ninety five million. I'm five million away. Ninety five million. Yeah. And you just said it cost a hundred million. A hundred and fifty million. Oh, 150. That's not that good of a guess. Okay. That's fifty five million away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that, too, that's that too was, much. That's too much. Was it? Just, yeah. That's fine. So I, I feel like that's a lot for an animated. That Could feels be. like very. It was that trip to Columbia. Could be. How much do you think it made? And Lynn too. How do you judge what it made? I mean, in theaters, it couldn't have made much. It was a uh, when it first came to Disney Plus. It was a buy it. Oh, was it? Yeah. Mm. So it did okay, make did some Disney Plus. Mo- I didn't watch it when it was a buy it. Yeah. I think Elise um, watched it when it was a buy it. Yeah. I don't really watch any of them when when it's a buy it. I do. I can wait. I do. I I think it's like I. I love going to movies. We talked about this, but I am 100% of the, if I can watch it in the comfort of my own home, I have a surround sound system. I love my living room. I love my house and it's a pandemic and I will, I will fork over the money to watch it in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. So I will 100% like things cost money. People need to be paid. Yeah. So if I have the ability, I'm happy to pay the price of like two tickets to watch it in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. I am. I am happy. I did. I, 100% 100% on board with that. If you want to watch it in your home while it's in theaters, go ahead. Charge me whatever you want to charge me. Yeah, I and I'm fine with waiting until it's... I'm not getting it for free. I'm still yeah, you're paying, paying for the service. subscription, so... You're not getting um, it for free, but it's not giving, like, when, when actors and, like, when people negotiate, like, back-end ticket sales stuff, yeah. that's when it monkeys with it and, like, distribution models of, like cinemas and they like so you're just paying disney plus oh yeah they're not getting any like when we watch streaming the people who like made the movie don't get anything from us buying disney plus right and, they, and that's something they all got to figure out yeah they, they gotta, i agree with i'm that. just i'm just a little guy and uh and, and i'm happy to pay it and i you know maybe like if like a star wars or something so like i, I paid was... it we can look at it like i covered the cost of you watching it on disney plus for free or people who pay for that sure yeah I guess it, it all comes out in the wash. Yeah, so don't see it as free though, because no, like no, 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 I'm not, still you're paying, paying for the money. service. It's just those people aren't getting the money. But like the, the, I feel like I'm still the doing movie, my. The producers who physically like did the work of writing it yeah. don't see a cut of that. Yeah. of your subscription, they get a cut of when you buy the early access. Right, and we should be mad at Disney for that. 
we should be made mad at capitalism for that. Yeah, yeah. Like Disney as the company who's negotiated that co- that contract. Right. Ooh, I just said negotiated. I don't think I've ever done that before. No. But yeah, yeah, because I'm like still paying for the service that I'm using. Right. And they're providing the goods that I'm paying for. And then it's up we're going to talk about another another property in a future episode that is essentially just a gift. Okay. So Sounds good. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued. Okay. I'm very intrigued. Cool. Yeah. So And what I mean by that is like when something goes right to streaming and oh, nobody yeah. gets paid for anything. Mm. It's just like nobody had to do this. Nobody made money off of it except what like the streaming service decided to pay in the rights acquisition. Mm. It's amazing people still do that then. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it made, it grossed. Did you give a number? Nope. I don't think you did. A lot. Give, give us a number. $250 million. Holy shit, Sketch. Did you see my notes? I absolutely did not. $255.4 million. That makes up for my I feel budget, like that's yes. a lot of money. I don't know if that's considered breaking even. I don't know. When a movie costs $150 million. I don't, I don't even know. Just what, like, just what I know about, like, distribution costs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But that's, uh, that seems like when, well, just in reference to the last thing we talked about, a $74 million movie like The Rock Mm -hmm. in 1996 made $335 million. It was $150 million in 2022 dollars. Yeah. Made $255.4 million. It doesn't feel like a lot. No. So it's a weird, it's one of those middle ground movies where like, I don't know if this was successful or not. And we'll never know if, what what a, a non pandemic theater opening exactly would have done because we're never not going to have you pandemic. know what it's Spoilers. really it's really effing popular it is um it was the number one song and number one movie at the yeah. same time and that's the first time that's happened yeah in Disney history so I will say that um even if it wasn't the financial success that they're hoping it's it would a cultural be, it's success going to spawn enough uh, for future investment i agree i guess i agree yeah yeah and there are a lot of different ways to judge success money is only one of them yeah and uh it's just the big one in this country it is i feel like if we don't talk about it we're we're leaving ourselves out of the conversation because everyone else is talking about it yeah but i i genuinely don't give a shit how much something makes if i like it i watch it if i don't like it and i bought it i I don't finish it i don't finish Mm. something just because i spent money on it I gotta like it. Yeah. Um. So let's get right into Rants raves. raves. Let's go raves. start with raves. Do you raves want to start? Do you want me to start? I have so many raves. I I have like four raves. Okay. But I'm really proud of my rants. I know you've you've mentioned I really that to am. me. So I'm multiple I'm chomping times. to get to you're rants. Coming on, you're coming down hard anti-family in this episode. We I get am. It. I am. Uh. Uh. Coming down hard anti family yeah especially matriarchy you were like no not in my media not in my media yeah i i heard it okay well i'll go I'll, let me start with my biggest my biggest rave um my biggest rave all day every day is maribel our our main character oh yeah um and i really wrote my notes she is a perfect character um and uh steph what is do you pronounce it stephanie beatrice Yes, who does her voice. I believe so. Uh, knocks out of the park mm-hmm. with, with a range of of what she can do with this character. She can do it all. Um, what I like about Maribel is she's caring, she's tenacious, she's selfless. I mean, um, anytime a family member like opens up to her about 
a problem that they're having or like, you know, the facade comes down and mm-hmm. the, the curtain is pulled aside. She drops everything. She drops everything just to help them, to acknowledge yeah. them, to appreciate them um, naturally. She does all these things naturally. These aren't things that she's learned throughout the movie to do. This is just who she is, core to who she is. And, um, you know, when you're talking kids movies, you inevitably have to talk about like role models for the audience because it's such an impressionable age. And this is this is like a highly motivated yet very grounded and and like emotionally stable person. Yeah. To be emulated by. Yep. By anybody, not just children, but 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 anybody. Um, and then, and, you know, she perfectly encapsulates, encapsulates this idea that I think all of us have had, maybe some of us more than others that like, oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not as good as the people around me. I can't do what they do. And she sees that very real Mm -hmm. every day. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's just making it very blatant, the struggle that so many people deal with. And, but, but, but. That never stops her. That never stops her, and it very rarely gets her down. She's just bringing what she can to the table, yeah. doing the good that she can do. Strong agree. And I just think I, I that needs to be celebrated. That needs to be held up and been and be like, look, makes for great audio. Right now. I'm holding Maribel up. Holding Maribel up. Yes. I e like Lion uh, King. Lo, well, no, more like a uh, Greek. Greek statue. Pose, That's my muscles. Kind of. I, I am covered in oil for I this gonna, episode. One of the one of the ladies that are usually holding like fruit. Oh sure, yeah. But uh, oh, like gesturing the, uh, towards the gods. Yep, yep, yep. There wasn't a lot of musculature in, involved at all. Long time listeners. One of the muses. Okay, okay. Ouch. I didn't say muscular. <laughs> I just said I'm covered in oil. <laughs> Don't have to have muscles. So yeah. So Maribel, like I will. I mean, Maribel it has to be one of my favorite Disney characters now of all. Strong time. agree. Um. I I can't think of a fault in Maribel. I really can't. Uh, I will agree with that. I've said this at the top of the show. It felt like a real return to form for Disney. Um, What I mean by that, you have there. There are two types of Disney films Mm -hmm. to me. And and it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy elements of them. And it's not that they're bad films, but there is Beauty and the Beast, Mm -hmm. which is often considered like the pinnacle of Disney animation, filmmaking, storytelling. Okay. Uh, the best animation category was created because of Beauty and the Beast, and people were terrified that animated movies were going to just be the way forward, and that and and live action movies just wouldn't have a chance to even be in contention anymore. Yeah, and then there is enjoyable in a different way, but felt like an incomplete idea, like a Hercules or Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Where they are no less visually impressive, but the storytelling feels somehow incomplete, or the music is just there to be music mm-hmm. and doesn't seem to yeah, be it's disconnected somehow sure. from the movie. And so this felt like a return to that beauty and the beast where the where the music is a part of the storytelling, yeah. unlike it's a whole tapestry. Unlike Moana, unlike Frozen, which had the first Frozen movie in particular, where it, like they had these huge songs mm-hmm. 
that did not feel as woven into the fabric of the story. Hmm. See, it's interesting because I thought Moana did a good job of, of weaving the music in. And but. I thought the music fit with the cultural overtones of what they were doing, but the songs themselves and the content of it didn't seem to certainly not in like, I'm thinking like um, just in terms of like the opening of when you juxtapose this provincial life against the song that Mirabelle sings about her, where she introduces 12 characters yeah. in a meaning that like, okay, that's the family done. Yeah. We don't need to spend 20 minutes on nope. each family we got member. Everything we needed in a fun musical number. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it like sets up the town. It's set, like every done. Mm-hmm. And it's fun and it's it's just story. It also in a way where like sometimes musicals just sing everything yeah. because it's a musical. Right. And it and there's there's they're just singing, mm-hmm. but they're just speaking words to song that it's not like high music. Yeah. Uh, and th- and this felt like a return to that kind of higher, true musical. Yeah. Not just trying to get a song on the radio. Mm-hmm. Which, oddly enough. It's on the radio. It's on the radio, and Disney music doesn't... Well, it's also, do. like, Lin- Lin-Manuel. Lin-Manuel. Produced. Did a great job on this one. Orchestrated. Um, um, and I think he also did Moana. Yeah, he was I, He was at least involved with Moana. Yeah. I don't know how... I think that was his first partnership with yeah. Disney. Um, yeah. So, and I'm not... And that's not to say that those songs aren't good. It isn't to say that that they're not... It's not a knock against them. Mm. It says that they, in my opinion at least, they did not work as well as some other, like, elements of Disney, like, music and storytelling. Yeah. And I, I don't... I don't think that's saying anything that hasn't been put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think those are kind of maybe not popular, but they're, they're opinions that are out there. And that's not, again, not saying that they are bad movies, that the songs are terrible. Yep, it just, the switchboard is lighting up. It just feels like a return, to, like a real return to form for Disney. Yeah. And, and evidenced by it, it won. It won. Did win. Uh, best uh, best uh, animated feature. And yeah. I think if it was allowed to be nominated in best picture i think it had a real chance to win yeah it was that good it was that good you gave it an 80 That's i high. did i have real rant. i gave it an 80 because at the end of it i looked at it, i was like i looked at my my rants and raves and i said i i can't give it a i can't go higher than this because my my rants sure. were my rants. I, i'm very proud of my rants, my rants because so i was minor. able to like look at this objectively and i think i came up with real real rants okay can i do another rave mm. okay the fact that this story doesn't have like a villain in the truest sense of the Disney word, that this story and these characters are not up against an individual strong agree who is antagonizing them, that it is a family up against a problem. Yes. And the movie is about solving the problem and not about defeating somebody else. Yes. Um, that is huge. James Woods did not show up as Hades. Right. And I love James Woods as Hades. And and I, and right. like you said uh, on your last point, I have nothing against these movies that are against a villain. I like movies against a villain, and I like a great there villain. Is, there isn't always a villain. But it's so nice, especially in a movie that's that's supposed to be so kind of intimate and match right. how you feel inside that, like, you know, it's not always a bad guy. The, the the strife in life is not always caused by we we are led by twirler. movies to believe and storytelling that it's a bad guy yeah. 
or a bad a bad person with their finger on the trigger. Yeah. And 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 a lot of times that's just easier. It's what we're used to. Right. And it's sometimes more fulfilling because you can and satisfying of an ending because you can defeat this. It, it's reassuring because it's familiar. Yeah. And it's harder to tell a story in which a problem is just solved because it's typically not neat and clean and and it's not always the direction you want it to go or it's caused by our own bullshit yeah and or or our 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 family members bullshit yeah and i think this movie was phenomenal and it should it should absolutely be celebrated for 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 telling a story like that agree um especially coming from disney which disney animated movies in particular and and movies towards children very clearly have a bad guy right this is the person in the wrong and this is the person we need to defeat um so huge huge praise huge praise for that yep uh i will follow that up with um every character felt real mm-hmm. even supporting madrigals and and members of the town yeah all every character that was introduced in a meaningful way not just background scenery right seemed to have went on a journey like even even the priest who like comes to terms with his baldness yeah poor guy <laughs> like at the end like that's resolved and at the end of the movie i think he like just throws away his wig at one point yeah and it happened to bruno he throws away his wig when he takes it off when they when they start when they sing like um like when they're like now we talk about bruno right when they got that resolve yeah they i mean accept he's, him. he's full on bald in that yeah in that song. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so like <laughs> Like every established character, not just yeah. our like main family members, mm-hmm. does have some kind of growth. Yes, which is really hard to do in a movie. Yeah, especially with an ensemble with this that big. that many characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just really impressed that they were able to establish each character so well. Yeah, and allow every character to go on a journey. Yeah, even if it was a small journey, that they are different from the person that they were. At the beginning, mm-hmm. they're a, a not just a different character, but they've learned something and they've evolved. And I think part of what helps with that end is that every character is so very relatable one way or another. Right. You've probably felt the way Pepe felt, feels mm-hmm. with, you know, y- your anxiety is just making things worse. Right. You know, um, you've you've probably felt the way that. um that Louisa does that every everything is on your shoulders and that you you can't bear to fail uh you can't bear to let everyone down um you know like they personify these very human uh emotions more than just like the base emotions like a movie like inside out where it's like you know happy sad angry, mm-hmm. but, but like these feelings these universal feelings that we've all had I, I think that helps in what you're saying in that these people feel very genuine yes, and, and that it's very satisfying to see a conclusion and, to yeah. their growth. Strong agree. And, and I will just like finish the thought with there are 12 family members mm-hmm. that are like fleshed out over the, through the storytelling and then supporting, supporting characters in the town after that. If we get movies with like four and five characters and they don't do at least as good a job yeah. of introducing and develop character. Like this is unforgivable moving forward that you get two hours of screen time 
with like four or five characters and at the end of which you're like oh that character's one dimensional like fuck you you didn't try yeah you just didn't try because you didn't care enough mm-hmm. you were trying to satisfy some demographic or some element so that when people look at your movie they couldn't say like oh you didn't have this character you didn't have this perspective mm-hmm. you were just trying to populate a world to check boxes yeah, yeah. you weren't doing the actual work there's a lot of that these uh, days. there is a lot and when you have a very i think i think the runtime was only like 90 minutes it's under two hours or it's like right at the two hour mark it's somewhere in there but 12 fully developed characters absolutely like if you don't even make the attempt moving forward it's not just enough to put put the character on screen Mm -hmm. you can't just say like we have um this person that that i you know is this identifies as that we have, we've like checked our LGBTQ box. We've checked our like ethnically ambiguous box. We've checked like our blind, deaf, uh, you know, otherly abled, but you can't, it's not enough just to check boxes anymore. They have to be real people or like, you can't just glad hand your way through by, by putting something there and saying it's represented. Mm -hmm. So there you go. There you go. Do you have another? Rave? Oh, I have so many raves. Um, Why don't you do two? Because I only have two more, and I've only... I've already, like, referenced one. Okay. 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 Hmm. All right, I'll, I'll do rapid fire some really short raves. Cool. That I really... Okay. I love watching Maribel in every other person's song. So when <laughs> she's in a song, and she's not the one singing it... um she's fully animated and fully present in all, in all the songs and I, I i take such joy especially on so many rewatches like watching different aspects of a scene that's one of the things i've really been enjoying lately like in a lot of animated things there's been a lot of animated things at home lately and like i like to watch the characters that are on screen that are not the focus right to see okay what are they what are the animators doing Right. With this character in the meantime. Because it's too, it's too easy to just leave them there. Right. But things are happening. Right. And, and, a lot and also, in traditionally, in a, you only animate what you have to. Right. So if you're not using that character, you don't spend the, yeah, time, spend energy the time, energy, and budget. And it's like animating that character. And it's like and, forgivable because right. it's like, yeah, of course not. Right. But so when it goes the extra mile, absolutely. I love to watch that. And absolutely. so. I'm already kind of wired to watch for that anyway. And so this movie was a joy to, to see all of those little things in because it's, it's packed. Like it's packed with those little yeah, things. Yeah. Strong agree. Um, especially in the songs like Luisa's song and Isabella's song, like Maribel is really present in those in, in, a, in a very fun way. Um, I, okay. When they first meet Bruno. Yes. Or when Maribel first meets Bruno. Um, the the drop when she drops him into the oh, abyss i have a rant about this oh i think that's that was such a good um uh not really a reveal but like such a such a great turnaround it was i it, it I, was I such it was a set up so well yes it was such a well it was it was a giving the it was a nice way to release the anxiety you felt yeah. of the perceived death of bruno yeah 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 that was um, it was a Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Yeah, right. yeah. He just it was stands a, up. It's a high, high stakes, yeah, high cathartic reveal. Mm-hmm. It like brings okay. Let's go have fun again. Yeah, and I thought it was just it was well executed. And every time I watch it, even know it, knowing it's coming, 
Yeah. I still, I'm, I'm always mindful. I'm like, okay, did we know this wasn't it's really well that dangerous? No, it's, it's, it's very and well I, I strong agree that, yeah. that they execute it well. I do have a rant about that. Um, and the last really quick one I'll say is pack it in. We're done. Cloth animation has been perfected. The way fabric and cloth oh. move in this movie yeah. is so genuine and so realistic. I mean, with the 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 costumes in this movie that are, are customary Colombian clothing for this time period, like there's no avoiding the fact that you're gonna have sure you're gonna have flowing, rippling, draping cloth. Right. How hard are you gonna go at that? Right. They went at it hard. Full, yeah, and full it, force. It is like but like the, the big song and dance numbers where the skirts are whipping around right. all over the place. Like I can't imagine that we're going to get better. We're going to see better CGI right. cloth effects. It blew me away the first cool. time, and it it continues to blow me away because that kind of stuff is not easy. You know, that kind of stuff is again, you could take the easy way, right? And and what's the easy way? Just for contrast, as a as a non visual artist, um, do you have a yeah. comparison that we could talk about? Okay, when you and again, fro, we're talking Frozen many years ago at right. this point, and things progress as, as they go forward. But like, that's another one that's been on the TV a lot at the house. The cloth is beautiful and it's textured very nicely, and it hangs very realistically, but it doesn't flow with motion as realistic. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. The as, way it like drapes and falls yeah, is not realistic. It acts, yeah, real. And it doesn't, it doesn't act. Yeah, it doesn't follow the, the laws of physics. Right. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. And there, there's even a scene in Frozen where, where Anna is, um, you know, she gets all wet and then she gets all frozen. The titular frozen. And her dress freezes and she's walking around with like this bell cone on, you know, of her dress yeah, frozen. That, that... And, and like that's intentional. Right. To show it's so stiff. But like that's also what animation used to be like. Right. Too. That, that you know. All right, it that's hangs. How it, moves. it hangs from the waist, and everything. That's its pivot point. Gotcha. That's everywhere where it pivots. Gotcha. The cloth in this movie. Yeah, I get you. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, thank it's you. Natural. Thank you, our longtime listeners who are not visual art- artists. Thank you as well. Very few of those. Um, so I already talked about um the music. It wasn't just about being an it song for the airwaves. Um, being a, a like a true musical in the sense, but then also not everything had to be sang. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes when you go to like something that's been turned into a musical, they will just sing exposition mm-hmm. and it it's just moving the plot along and they need us like they need a song because it's not a straight play. So everything has to be sung. That that is my pet peeve about going to a musical mm-hmm. when you sing exposition. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't do it. Just do say your dialogue. Let's have a regular just straight scene and get then go the into stage a song. and let's go home. I get it. Um, not what I was saying. Sure. Um, but even like the, not just the music, but the sequences and the choreography further the plot yeah. of these musical numbers. Uh, and that's very hard to do. And, and I already talked about that. So my last big rave is just representation and authenticity of both individuals, character, community, and culture. Mm-hmm. It, that's so hard to do just in storytelling. Mm-hmm. This had the added challenge of representing an entire culture mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time in mm-hmm. an authentic way. And from what I understand about Columbia culture, which is not extensive at all, they 
seem to have checked all the boxes, but checked all the boxes authentically. And from what people seem to be saying who do identify as being of Colombian heritage or like people, people who are, are steeped in Colombian culture seem to be saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so ho- hopefully Disney has turned a corner from misrepresentation to appropriation to now true representation. Time will tell. Time will tell. But hopefully, hopefully, like Disney seems to be making a concerted effort of not just cleaning up their image, but uh, atoning for past faux pas, let's say. Maybe. We'll see. I'm way more cynical about it than you, but I think it's because it's profitable. Well, I think they know that there's money in it. If they don't do it well... They're not going. They're not going to make money. They're not going to make money. Yeah, and that's that's capitalism. Yeah, it's capitalism, baby. That's like, hey, like I, if you're doing the right thing for the wrong reason, that's fine as long as you're doing the right thing. I guess so. Most most people never get to altruism. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the hierarchy, good boy, good girl, fear of punishment, reward. Mm-hmm. Most people never get to because it's the right thing to do mm-hmm. and it will benefit the greater good. Most people never get there. And right. I don't ever assume that companies are that exist to make money are ever going to do anything for the right reason. Right. Right. That's fine. Dis- yeah, Disney no, has figured fine. out that they have to do better to make money. Great. So yeah. they're doing better. Yeah. I'm fine with that. There you go. There you go. I won't, I, won't, I won't play devil's advocate. Play devil's advocate, please. Until it makes more money to do the opposite thing. I, I don't think so. I don't I disagree with that. Really? I do. I don't think I don't think it will ever become profitable for them to go back to appropriating and misrepresenting. Oh no, but there'll be a new there'll be a new thing where these good things will be not as profitable anymore and they will be eclipsed. Hmm. I'm not saying we're going yeah. to go backwards. I'm going to say oh, things sure. are They'll going move to on get to something neglected. Else? Yeah. Oh, um, sure. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's that's just the way the world works. That's yeah. capitalism, baby. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah. I don't know that we'll ever get to, like, altruism. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, that's why I can't yeah. praise them for this. I'm not so much praising Disney as, as like, storytelling. Okay. This, this, so, like, Disney's always going to make money, yeah. and like, if Disney thinks it's profitable, profitable, they'll do it. But the the producers mm-hmm. who like it's interesting because like there was a time where studios were the producers mm-hmm. and they owned the actors and the writers and the musicians, and that was that era. But like, studios are just the distributors now. Mm-hmm. Like, they buy ideas, mm-hmm. and so like the people coming up with the stories seem to have like those people have seemed to like we got to do better we got to tell authentic stories we have to like convince the money guys that they can make money do better yeah and make more money Mm -hmm. so like that i don't think that's gonna change no because that's been proved like we can we can do better and we can make more money by doing better Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think like the people creating the stories like you're not gonna get like the the cigar chonk and chomping guys in the back room, like, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll redress Cinderella, like for the 10th time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that kind of, I think we're gone from that. Maybe. You think that's going to come back? Oh, yeah. Really? Absolutely. Even with modern trends towards smoking? People are terrible. 
Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, no, hopefully, I, I just, I just, I wrong. think I just have less faith in. Um, I think we'll find all new ways for people to be terrible. Exactly. But, and and I think we're going to look back on this era and find so many bad things that we've been doing. You think so? so? Oh, yeah. In terms of, like, storytelling? In terms in of movies everything. like Encanto? Like, yeah, like, oh, man, like, in 20 years, we'll look back at Encanto and when be we're, like, oh, God, how, how? When we're grandparents. How did they put that out? Or when I'm a grandparent, my grandkids are going to be like, all right, he's, remember, he's from the turn of the century, <laughs> and it was okay back then to do X, Y, Z, and people are going to be defending me that way. And, you know, it's just, it's just human nature. It's sure. just what we're going to do. And so, yeah, like, I don't think we wait, 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 no, you're, you're not arguing the counterpoint. You're saying that like, we'll be so evolved and we'll be doing like such better things that this will look, this people will look back at this and say like, oh, wow. How did they ever think that this, this was, was appropriate? Was, was, yeah. was appropriate. Yeah. I think that'll be true. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Yes. We're arguing the same point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we'll not that we'll de- do other like terrible things like that society will continue to evolve and like the things that we thought were progress we'll be like <laughs> they thought that was progress they thought they were so much more evolved yeah that is what I'm saying yeah we're saying the same thing yeah yes and that and then well this is the Encanto episode it is and then and then those people in a hundred years they're going to be the failures of like two hundred yeah, years of right? course and that's yes. just how it goes good I'm I'm one hundred percent on board we're for all that. terrible like you look back. <laughs> And we're all terrible. Yes, because we're limited by the culture's norms and uh, right. and knowledge of the age that we live in. Bingo. Fantastic. And? And the future will always be better. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. In terms of looking back and saying, like, hey, like, there was a time when we thought that was representation. And now, like, we have stories like this. Yeah. yeah. There was a time when we thought that would make us money. But look how much more money we can make doing it this one. okay we're not arguing the same point now uh do you have any more raves yes okay uh and you you're probably going to consider this a rant but i love the family um especially <laughs> maribel's immediate family um because i agree with that they're fantastic i, I love i love the parents i love her two parents okay um they're they're um so kind and so supportive of maribel they don't look down on her for not having a gift uh, quote unquote gift. Um, the father, I love. The, I love her father. I love how he's so accident prone. Yeah, and like obviously that's how they fell in love because he's always getting hurt and right. she's the healer. Um, I, have, I have a. It's not a big question, but I have a question about that. Okay. Did you do, wanna... you, do you think Maribel's gift doesn't manifest because the father is so accident prone and the mother is a healer? That her accident proneness and the mother's healing are constantly canceling each other. Maybe, out. but I I'll, I'll get into it later because I have a bigger big question. Okay, about cool. That. Um, I love how uh, that's how I took it. Like his act, like his ineptitude and her ability to heal were constantly yeah. at work because nothing ever happens to Mirabel. No, she's 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 breaking even a lot. Yeah, she's breaking even a lot. Um, the bad luck is countered by the good. Yeah, I also love that. Um. You know, this is a matriarchal family, mm-hmm. and uh, they did not have to diminish the the men who married into yes. the family for. They're still good guys, good husbands, strong personalities, strong personalities, g- good fathers. Yep. They didn't have to be like, 
oh it's a great lesson well you got this deadbeat dad like yep. the mom's great and this guy just married in for the ease of the life like, right for the magic that was laying there for the plucking they yeah. could have taken that so easily and no these are like two really great guys strong agree um, i think that, that i think that family. echoes back to the point i just made about representation yeah. and authenticity um so that was so nice to see and i love i love the two sisters too isabella and louisa yeah um because you know the movie it, it's what the movie's about but it does such a great job of like here's these two characters based on like what they look like and what you've been told their powers are and what the song says about them you know everything about them right now and then the moment each of them cracks and lets the lets right. the guard down and lets maribel in um they instantly became human. Right. Instantly, they're they're no longer like the stereotypical strong character and the stereotypical beautiful character. Right. Now they're they have all this baggage that come along with right. them. Right. And in both of their songs, and and you know, it's a big question. The songs lend themselves to a big question of like, what's real in right. a song? But in both of their songs, it, Isabel's is real, I guess. Everything happening in that song. There's danger happening to right around them, and Maribel, the giftless Maribel, is there too. And right. both of them, all of their actions are p- protecting her and making sure right. that she she like, and it's just all coming to them naturally. Right. What a great little core family unit that right. she's got there, and it, awesome depiction, awesome depiction, right, of a family. Love that's it. so interesting. There was a um, in my history, I did see that there. When we went to Luisa's room, the original concept is that everything would be made out of stone. Okay. Except for one wooden door in the corner. Oh. And then when you opened the door and went through it, it was basically like shoots and ladders in Candyland. Nice. It was going to be just like a fun little theme park. Yeah. And it, but like her actual room it was like hard, was like hard and stone. And then you went in, like through this little door that yeah. you had to squeeze through. And then everything was like yeah, cause in fluffiness. The, in and, the release, and, yeah. we never did see Luisa's room. We didn't. Um, actually, we saw very few rooms. Really, right. come come to think of it, we saw Antonio, Antonio, and, and Isabella's, and Isabella's, and Bruno's, and uh, we didn't say Pepe's. We did not see Pepe's. I, that's got to be tough. That one, yeah. And what what the hell would Dolores have? I don't know. Character who can just hear everything, and 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 um, uh, Camilo who is a shapeshifter. What right. Was right. Interesting questions. We'll have to wait for Encanto two. We'll have to wait. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> doesn't i mean that is that's just begging for it, the tagline it is yep um i don't have any yeah, go more ahead. go rapes. for it it's time to go to rants yeah. i've said okay. why i love this movie there's probably other reasons too but i'm gonna come out swinging okay okay abuela alma mm-hmm. i know you don't like her this is a strong statement mm-hmm. is a monster okay here's why okay her story is amazing yeah. She is the definition of a strong, independent woman mm-hmm. who raises three kids on her own, yeah. founds a community in the middle of the Colombian jungle, mm-hmm. and and like spur like spurns this generational mm-hmm. family. Yeah, and so big rant is what you're saying. No, <laughs> but she is not. Mo- if she was operating out of fear. Mm-hmm. That would be forgivable. Okay. But her character and all of the, the, all of the trauma that is inflicted, all of the, like the baggage that all of these characters have stem from Alma. Yeah. Not because she's operating out of fear, mm-hmm. like that her previous home was destroyed by bandits and her husband was murdered in front of her. Mm-hmm. 
She is motivated out of hubris and ego. Okay. All she cares about is being like essentially the lords and vassals, uh, lords and ladies of this community in the middle of the jungle where the townspeople are essentially kept hostage Mm -hmm. by the Encanto and her family who live like kings and queens off the backs of them. Okay. And it seems to fly in the face of the, 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 the story that's laid out. Mm -hmm. And at times the movie felt to me, not celebrating community, but celebrating selfishness and and glorifying selfishness. Okay. That, that from her control and desire for status and wealth and and importance mm-hmm. ha- was the thing that was destroying her family. Interesting. And it seemed to be disconnected from the groundwork that they did in the opening moments of the movie and that we keep seeing in this backstory and ultimately the healing that occurs later. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me was a big rant that it, it felt at times not celebrating community, but celebrating selfishness. Okay. May I please? Cause I, I have a rebuttal. Okay. Uh, and we are allowed to have a difference of we opinions are. and long time listeners weigh in, but I see, I see uh, Abuela uh, more sympathetically because to me, uh, and this is not laid out in the movie, this is just what I'm inferring, but the miracle comes from her husband's sacrifice, right? And now... I I, I guess that's debatable. Well, I don't I mean, know that I agree with that. I, I'm saying... As a result of. Yes. Okay. Right? You, so, so you're not making the case that the miracle is the husband's death? No, no, no. I mean, I still have a big question about that, cool. which we'll okay, get to so later. But what what I am saying is the husband dies. The husband sacrifices himself to protect her, her children, and the town. The result is this miracle. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, there is this tremendous burden, emotional burden on her of his sacrifice has to be worth it. Okay. We, we have to do better. We have to... We have to make this a paradise for him, right? For to make to make what he went through and what I went through through him to be worth it, right? Now, I'm not saying that that is sure. a, a good reaction to have, but it's a very human, natural. And reaction I to would have. agree with that, yeah. Except that the only people that are threatened by the Encanto falling apart mm-hmm. are the Madrigals. The town is unaffected. Well, but you do have that. Only their house is going to fall apart. You have that establishing shot in the beginning where it shows what the Encanto looks like as is before right. the Madrigals. The, do the what mountains they do. rise. Yeah, the right. And it just looks like typical jungle. Sure. And then with their gifts, um, it turns into a lush, productive sure. land. And so I, I do think there is more of a symbiotic relationship going on here between the grandmother and the, 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 the people of the family. I I will, I will not argue that she is all about control. Okay. She is so terrified of losing control again and, and losing what she loves again. And this connection to her, her deceased husband again, that 
her response is to control as much as she can she can so i'm not arguing that that's i would i would agree more with that and my rant would vanish if they did a better job illustrating that and just i've only seen the movie once you've seen it way more times than me it it's at least on my viewing and my takeaway it seemed it, it was never clear to me that that's what she was afraid of losing it all it only felt like she was like the marriage wasn't going to happen oh, and yeah. i guess yes that threatens the like it always seemed like we're we're going to lose the status like the people will no longer look to us okay. and that's that's what i took away yeah. and maybe i missed something in I that mean, or we could just watch it way more times two, two different things i mean there's the scene where where Maribel i do i actually think that abuela alma is a monster i'm being provocative is that the thumbnail bait yeah that's the, yeah. that's the clickbait are we gonna like get a picture of your face like sure uh, exactly uh, that's uh, the yeah. that's the clickbait um, like it, she has experienced real trauma and yeah. i i don't think the movie did a good job of translating that trauma into her reaction and and i have i have a small fix that i think okay. would be interesting for that instead of abuela alma being the source of the family's um, and, and maybe this doesn't fit as well with Colombian storytelling that they were trying to be authentic to, but if, um, Mirabel's mother was the cause of the family and she was the tyrant and Abuela, you're, you're old, your time has passed. We don't listen to you. Mm-hmm. Then I, then I think everything that happens in the movie and, and my take on it's about your status and, like the reputation of the family and your position, mm-hmm. because now this, that was the second generation's takeaway from what this means. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and then you get the added dynamic of like not listening to the elderly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, Abuela could have been a much more sympathetic and like, like pushing merit, like part of fixing mm-hmm. the family in that, like she's the thing that's pushing Mirabel forward. Yeah. So, I think that what like the the way I saw the movie and maybe I got it wrong long time listeners let me know. I think that would have worked a little bit better in terms of like Mirabel's mom pushing away like pushing Bruno out of the picture and kind of domineering yeah that generation that starts the cracks yeah. of the family cuz it appears that Abuela actually did a really good job of getting her kids like situated into adulthood before oh, yeah. it all goes wrong yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm looking at it and saying like how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Well, the yeah, the the problems, I mean, the movie does deposit in and and I will agree they it's it's very subtle and you you won't see. I mean, the the movie deposits that like, oh, the problems all start with Maribel not getting her gift and things start to go downhill from there for this family but right. they're hiding it. But um clearly there were problems before there that problems when they beforehand. when they reveal that like Br- Bruno's been fixing all the cracks. Yeah, and I think Bruno, I mean Bruno ran away when Maribel did not get the gift. Right. That's when that's when he left and that's probably when he started making those cracks. But Bruno um I think the cracks start with him. Right. Because of the the just by the nature of his gift, the tremendous pressure it's putting on him. Right. And how this uh perfect paradise that they're making is is not paradise for him right and that's where the cracks start to come from and then maribel is is well, i'll get there later but is a um sort of a remedy for that yeah to write the ship yep. and, and 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 we'll get there we'll get there we'll do you have a there. do you have a rant um that was all my rant long time listening that was all your rant and we have a different take on on uh the role of of the grandmother well, well okay. the the setup of her story the setup of her story. How she's set up and how that plays out. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Speaking of Bruno, um, we don't we don't talk we about don't talk about Bruno. So never mind. I'll skip that one. Um, no. So like we can all agree. I think we can all agree that it is it is very shitty that Maribel, because she does not have a room, she is doomed to spend Live her in the life nursery. in the nursery for the rest of her life. I guess yeah, that's super shitty. So I I I am not going to argue that. I okay. think that is shitty. What I think is shittier is that, like, at 10 years old, Bruno is given his room. Yeah. Which is a cavernous tower. Wasteland. Of sand and stone. Uh, with hundreds, if not thousands of steps to get up to Correct. where his power activates. No bed. Uh, no comfort. There's no, com- no comfort. Nothing. No comfort in here. Uh, the house, the magical house, cannot work. I, I assume what? the magical house does not work in any of the kids' rooms because it does not. We were shown very clearly it does not work in Bruno's room. So he has no help. He has no aid. He has Is no- that true? The The magic doesn't work in any of their rooms? Well, we only are shown an example that it does not work in Bruno's room. Well, that's because we don't have a magical person in that room. No, no. We have Maribel who asks Casita to turn off the sand and Casita does a motion that she interprets as oh you can't you can't control in here oh i have a very different take on this oh okay okay cool and so um like we're setting bruno up from the onset of his gift for failure and it just i guess what turned it into a a rant for me is it crossed into the area of i can't suspend my disbelief okay i can't suspend the fact that like Oh, his mom's not going to look at this and be like, okay, I'll I'll put in a cot for you. Or, you know, like, we were all okay with this from age 10 and moving forward. That was hard for me to stomach. And, and oh, okay. I had a, I had an interesting take on this okay. that I think that I think answers this rant for you. Okay. Um, so the movie at times supports the societal misconception that if you name the problem, you become the problem, i.e. Bruno and Mirabelle. Mm-hmm. So like anyone who points out, like who deviates from everything is wonderful. And this is, this is all like the greatest thing ever. Anybody who offers anything contrary immediately becomes the problem. And mm-hmm. the way you fix the problem is by getting rid of them. Yeah. yeah. I.e. Bruno and Mirabelle. Yeah. The most frustrating and terrifying part of the the movie for me. This is the most fright, frightening thing. This is what the film tells us. Mirabelle gets to the point where she has asked too many big questions mm-hmm. and suddenly and without warning, the sentient haunted house turns on her as I believe it turned on Bruno. Okay. And and you might you might say otherwise that like oh the house knew there was never any danger to begin with. But at one point, as she's chasing Bruno, yeah, they're running, and she falls through a rotten floorboard, yeah, screams for Casita to help her, yeah, which ignores her, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know that it's not. It's only like a three foot drop. Mm-hmm. Bruno, who yeah. has like cut himself off from his family, don't come here. Like, the house ignores her. It refuses to help her. So Bruno does. Right. And then, like, from that point on, the house has turned on Mirabelle from that point forward, and everything just collapses going forward. The house does try to... The house protects her when the house collapses. 
when the house collapses, it, it does. It saves her life there, and it does get her up to the candle when she asks it to. It it, it does, but it also ignores her when she screams for help. And you could it say does. that because the house knew that it wasn't at, there wasn't actually any danger, but Mirabel didn't know there was yeah. any danger. I always just read it that the the house, which I guess doesn't make any sense, but the house it doesn't seem to do anything in the space in between, you know. The, the, where Bruno's living basically seems to be another so, one of these areas. That so then the house up. has also turned on Bruno. The house is not actively not helping him because Bruno also yeah. doesn't know that she's not going to fall to her. Oh, yeah, death no, no. Yeah. And sacrifices himself to save his niece. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like for, for all Bruno knows that is his death. Yes. Except the mist clears and he's like Stanley. Oh. Great, great reveal. Oh, um, yeah, I always, re- or I guess every time I watch it, I I read it as behind the cracks, the magic is gone, right? Um, maybe the house has pulled back. I mean, this is all going to get to one of my big questions. Later, sure, but but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it, it's possible. It was, it was always legitimately felt, frightening to me. I always felt like the 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 house casita. Um, has the strongest connection with Maribel, and because no, only Maribel and Abuela actually talk to Casita and ask right. Casita to do things, um, which is going to pepper into one of my answers later. But, but uh, no, no other character like expects or asks Casita to do to do things. So, um, yeah, it it could be that uh, you know, once the grandmother has kind of you know, made like a you're dead to me kind of right. stance. Like the house doesn't see that person anymore and doesn't, you know, doesn't help. I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. But yeah. Okay. Do you have any more rants? I do. Okay. Um, I have one that's so minor. Okay. But it bothers me every time I watch sure. it. In Louisa's song, uh, Surface Pressure. Okay. She, she references Hercules. Yep. And it's a new Hercules. Yeah, it's not Disney's it's Hercules. Disney's Hercules. Yeah. And I get it. But I'm so used to Disney like tossing <laughs> in those things that every time I see it, I like look extra close at Hercules. And every time I'm like, no, that's not Hercules. Not Hercules. Um, so I get it. I get it. But that's, it bothers is... me every time. So I got to say it. But it's so minor. It's okay. so minor. Um, my real rant here, which is a, a, big, a big question rant. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a ranty BQ. If Dolores... Who she's she's the one out of all of them that drive, drives me the most nuts personally. She's the hero. If Dolores is such a blabbermouth, which she is, why does she never tell anyone that Bruno's living in the walls? That's a great That's question. Huge, and that is huge. It's huge, and it wouldn't be so huge if she doesn't explicitly say in the song, "I've heard him." Oh uh, yeah, I I knew he never left. I heard him every day. Right. What? How is that the thing that you're keeping close to the chest? Like that is yeah. Where where and and that's it's a big question, but it's so ranty because every time I hear that line, I'm like, then why the, fu- the fuck? Like this could have been avoided, yes, or at least addressed earlier before it got this crazy. Um, and you know, luckily all of these events happened very very quickly, at least at the beginning of the movie. So like, Antonio was about to find out about Bruno too because the rats are going to tell him everything, right? Um, so, if they had, if they already haven't, yeah. But I mean, like at the beginning of the movie, Antonio 
gets his gift. So right. it's, it's, he has, I, I, I mean, I, it, they, do, they do tell him because that's how he shows up at the end of that sequence. Yes. When, when Maribel is the, there, the mice, the, mice told, Bruno, the rats told me, he's like, I oh, don't catch me up. The, yeah. the rats told me, the everything. rats told me everything. Yeah. Yeah. Don't eat that. The drag is about to eat the rats. Doodle has said that is undeniably his favorite part of the entire movie is when he has to tell the Jaguar not to eat the rats. So, um, but that's it. I mean, that's it for my rants. I mean, I, I, I really do love the movie. It's a great, it's a great part. I, I know movie. you have I do more. Enjoy that. more uh, my last, my last rant is, is about uh, Bruno. And Bruno is just a sweet, awkward introvert mm-hmm. who has more insight than tact. Mm-hmm. to to like explain what he's seeing or share what he's saying and his mom tells him to leave mm-hmm. so he disappears into the walls spackling over the cracks and eating leftovers for conservatively 15 years okay okay i do have to and that like wow okay i have to correct you okay because i have seen this so many times bruno's mother does not tell him to leave he has the vision of Maribel tied with the house collapsing. And he he leaves himself because he knows if he gives that vision to his grandmother, Maribel will be like completely ostracized. So she he falls on the fort. I mean, he he explains this flat out in the okay. movie. So it's 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 what happens. So Nobody knows why he leaves. They make speculation that he doesn't care about the family. He but Abuela just... was already pretty shitty to him. Well, yeah. I mean, it's there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. In in his life, um, but he did. It, it was more of a like a heroic moment for Bruno that like he's kind of like a falling on his yeah. Sword. Like okay, I see how they treat me, right. and as soon as they see this vision, they're going to treat Maribel the same way. It's better if they just never see it. Sure. And I disappear. Well, combined with um, the one who hears everything. Dolores. Dol- Thank you, Dolores. Combined with Dolores being able to hear him every day. Yeah. It's still pretty shitty. That's nuts. I mean, it's uh, why she has never. I, I, why she doesn't give him like food. Anything. Anything. Do any something, kind of Dolores. Do something, Dolores. I mean, I mean it, it really, I was like, oh, Dolores. There is no question. There is no question because she. She hears the guy that she likes yep. down in the village. She hears him writing poetry at night. Right. Um, and taking care of his mother. Well, not that she didn't hear it, but that she does nothing. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, there's no excuse for the fact, like, clearly she, she, she hears can't him. be like, well, she hears something, but she doesn't know what. Oh, she knows no, exactly. She knows exactly what's going yeah. on here. And Dolores needed to be, like, run out of town at the end of the movie. For she me. should be. She, let's put her on the walls. Yeah. Put her in the walls. Put her on the walls. over the cracks. Eat, eat leftovers yeah. for, like, 13 years. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know the whole thing with Bruno and the, the whole song is it orchestrates this very well. But his power was just to see what is going to happen. He has no control over it, right? Right, and he's ostracized because everyone just—he's the bearer of bad news. Yeah, everyone's shooting the messenger. Well, it's and it's it's terrible. my if you identify a problem, yeah, you're the problem, yeah. That, and that's how most offices, businesses, mm-hmm. communities, mm-hmm. religious or social operate. Yeah. If you point out a flaw or, or a, a problem, mm-hmm. the solution to the problem is to get rid of that person. Yeah. And spackle over the cracks. Yeah. Pretend it never happened. Yep. And family dynamics as well. Yep. You point out the problem, we'll mm-hmm. just 
not interact with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was my last rant. That was your last rant. Okay. Yeah. I only have one big question. Oh, I have I have a couple big okay. questions. Okay. Actually, no. One of mine was answered, but I have like a big, big question. Okay. Cool. Let's go for it. Okay. I'll try and give you a big A for your big No, team. I think we're going to talk about this. Okay. Because it's big. Okay. Let's talk about it. Because it's intentionally vague in the movie. Is it about the Encanto? It's about the magic. Yeah. Okay. That's my big, that's my only big question. Yeah. Where is it coming from? What's happening? Where, Where did it come from? Where does the magic come from? Mm-hmm. Is it the forest? Is it Abuela? Is it the candle? Is it the house? Yeah. It it appears that it's the candle, but mm-hmm. we clearly see the magic enter the candle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't think the movie has an answer. I'll it give just you is. my my take. Sure. This is my take on what's happening. And okay. this is only based on watching it 18 times or whatever I'm up to now. The magic is created by Abuelo's, Abuelo Pedro's sacrifice. Okay. They, they, they are, it's almost like an equivalent exchange. For his life, they are given this gift. Okay. Right? The first gift goes to the grandmother, who touches the candle immediately. And her power is to create the Encanto. Did she touch the candle? Yes. I thought it just like... Like, like, got sopped into the candle. Yeah, like all the sponge. magic like goes into the candle. It gets decorations on it. Becomes right. an ever burning. It flame. came out of out of Abuela. No, 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 no. It like the magic was all around them. Right, right. When so so, um, Pedro dies in the river. Yeah, and and we, that beaten to death or machetes. They have or, machetes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that gruesome. It's supposed to be the, um the civil war at the turn yeah. of the century and so it, yeah it was yeah. rough uh that was one of the things that my friend said like yeah, yeah they didn't shy away from like they did a good job of right. like let's not go into this they but didn't show us him being like, dismembered yeah. with machetes yeah. but you got the idea uh, horrific yeah. horrific and that um angst and 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 sadness and sorrow like bursts yeah from abuela and um She's she has the candle and everything, and and in that the the mountains start to rise, and then soon after the mountains rise, um, casitos made, or casitos right. made. Um, so it seems like her gift was kind of like a one time use gift, like right. it was expended. She created casita. this thing, casita. They, she created a home. She created a right. sanctuary that. Her and, and Pedro were, were trying to create. Right. That is demonstrated on her outfit because everyone's outfit is right. is uh, indicative of what their power is. So the bottom of her dress is, is mountains, mm-hmm. right? So she she created the mountains. She created the sanctuary. she created the sanctuary. She creates the sanctuary. The power starts getting passed down from kids to kids. They have to touch the candle, so it's not like innate in them. Right. They have to get it from this candle. Um. But they touch the, but they don't all touch the candle. They touch the doorknob. They have to touch the candle first at oh, the ceremony, and then, and they, then touch they touch the, the doorknob, door and then the transfer, then the then the then the power activates. I'm really confused yeah. by that. So that it's like a Green Lantern ring, but yeah, but the magic isn't in the candle. The, the magic, the magic came from somewhere. The magic came from somewhere, and again, I do think it's it's abuelo's sacrifice that's where okay. the, that's where the magic came from but then it so is the house part of abuelo's 
Abuela's gift. I think the house is, the is house part of actually... Abuela's gift. I think it's so part the house of the sanctuary sentient. she made. Well, I think she like she created like a life. Like she created like in in the same way that like 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 um Elsa made Olaf. She made like this new character out of her power. I think Abuela did. But then the house so is it the same but the, we're led to believe it's just a, it's the same sentient house at the end of the movie. Mm, yes, and I'm getting there. Now I'm getting there. Oh, that doesn't make sense. But, 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 okay, let me okay. get there. Let me All get right. there. Okay. 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 So then the power with, with these three kids, the power starts to flick, right? Yeah. Because the power seems to be tied to the grandmother's faith in the existence of this power. Okay. Right. And so all of a sudden, Bruno's life starts to get really shitty. And the power is not seeming as beneficial as it was toted up to be. Right. Right. And so the cracks start to form, the the, the the things flicker and everything. Things get a little better when the next generation comes along because their powers come about. There doesn't seem to be any harm in their powers, so on and so forth. But things are just getting worse and worse for Bruno, right? Right. In my opinion, the, the magic of the candle um, being tied to the grandfather's sacrifice, when... Maribel touches the candle and receives a gift, which we're led to believe is no gift at all, and then touches the doorknob and the doorknob vanishes. I believe it is because Maribel also has a one-time gift. The The magic dying understands that this is, this is non-sustainable. Okay. This, this, is, this is going to peter out. This is going to die. What, the way that they are following this the way the grandmother is leading them is is going to lead them to ruin. Maribel is is the key to riding the ship, okay, and to getting back on the right path. So it's not so it's not that Maribel doesn't have a gift; it's that the house passes to her. That the house passes to her. I firmly believe the house passes to her. I think, and the one her one time gift is to create the new house is to reinstate the magic, or, or reinstate into the, the house. magic magic in the so, house. So, so. When the the house crumbles and falls, right, that um, was because that was Abuela's. That house, was Abuela's house. And now Mirabel needs to and now put the magic back and, into and, the new house. And Maribel, Maribel does create the new house. She organizes the town right, together. Right, right, she right. organizes the family together. She motivates she's everyone the new to matriarch. make it. She's she's the new. It's the passing of the torch. I will agree with all of that. Yeah. Except. The candle, mm-hmm. which is established to be like the repository of the power, mm-hmm. there's no new candle. Yeah, no, the candle goes out. The candle does go out. Yeah, and they don't like it. Never relights. Never reappears. No. Never reappears. No, there's no, no new candle. Nope. Yep. yep. So I'm, and I'm seeing a lot so, of symbolism. In it. Yeah. The, the candle was was Abuela holding on to Pedro. Okay. That that candle was with them when he sacrificed yeah, so i guess i guess like the thing that doesn't jive for me is like that they all touch the candle before they get a door at the house mm-hmm. so there's no there's no candle left to there is no candle left so so no one else will get powers going know. forward i mean we can we can we can tell once i like your answer yeah i still have questions but they're not well formed enough to make sense yeah. and at this point you know the movie doesn't lay it out for us we could speculate all day on it 
Right. And which is part of the magic of the movie. It's kind of fun to just to think about it. But my my tongue in cheek answer to that question was it was rogue magic from the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Could be. Could very well be. That was my like tongue. Yeah. In, but like also like where the fuck did the magic come from? There's yeah. a lot of it is also like glowy, it's very like, glowy, gold, sparkly, sparkly mm-hmm. magic, which is what the magic is depicted mm-hmm. as in Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yep. And everybody in this family has a symbol. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a, a symbol that typically they wear. The grandfather's symbol is the butterfly. Mm-hmm. The, the butterfly is present. And he keeps seeing the butterfly. Keeps seeing the butterfly. Yeah. The butterfly exists within the house. It's you know it's, it's a symbol of metamorphosis. So obviously he's symbolized as the butterfly. And things turn for Abuela once she goes back to where the sacrifice happens. Right. And accepts Maribel for who she is as a gift that she believes she believes a gift sent by Pedro to to right the wrong and when she accepts him thousands of butterflies show right. up and they fly back into the encanto right and and so like the magic returns you're right i know i don't i haven't seen a candle come back it's to me it's almost like abuela finally letting go of the past doesn't need the candle anymore yes. sure and uh, i don't know what that means for the future right um you know the 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 front door of the casita gets the magical door i mean right. i still think everyone else gets their door into their room right i'd like to think that maribel makes a room for herself i would hope so that, that nice. she's not living in the nursery yeah. forever and also like everyone's got plenty of space in their rooms yes like, have a roommate have, yeah you know it's got to be allowed because the husbands i assume move in move in with, with their, 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 with their wives spouses. Yeah. yeah um it's got to be allowed that's what I think is happening with the magic. It's that like magic that comes from sacrifice. We've seen it before in things. And then we we saw it in Frozen. That's what yep. that's what cured Anna is the sacrificial magic. Um and that Maribel did have a gift. It was just latent. It couldn't it couldn't come out until until, until the fall of of, of, of Abuela. Yeah, Abuela. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That was my only big question. All right. Um I like your answer. Yeah, that one I answered, but just by looking up my own things. Uh, okay, well then here's, this is a nice softball. Sure. Last question for Encanto. <laughs> if you had to pick oh. a power only out of the ones shown in the movie. Interesting. Oh, uh, easy, easy answer. Uh, talk to the animals. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. That's that's my backup. That's your backup? Okay. Yeah. You thought I was going to say Louisa? Oh no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I truly 100% talked to animals. I truly, that was the, that was the best gift. I truly posed this question not knowing what you would, what, what, what would you, you what's your what's your primary if the animals is your backup? Isabella's. Uh oh, the gardening? Yeah. Interesting. Because she I mean, I love to garden. But um she grows flowers. Flowers turn into food. Flowers turn into fruit and vegetables. Cacti. The cacti like that just seems like such I had to think of which power seemed like it had less negatives tied to it. And I feel like her power brings about a lot of good. Oh, that's, like what if you could understand the family dog and yeah, hated that's, you? That's a great one. Well, yeah, if they That'd be sad. Or and it would oh, it would truly I love make you so much. It would truly make, you know, the fact that they don't live as long even more heartbreaking. But but so many more positives yeah, and negatives. So many. So many more. Um I'll tell you the Pepe's family 
Well, the girls of Pepe's yeah. family, they yeah. had the short on the stick. Because Pepe doesn't control the weather. It's no. just tied to her emotions. Right. So she's just constantly regulating her emotions. Her which, power was terrible. Which I like that she she falls in love with a guy who's just so positive and right. upbeat and just like she can be her best self if around he's him. not oh yeah it, like and then dolores is i i totally think she's she's misusing it i mean if that's your power you cannot be a blabbermouth right but also great power comes great responsibility it's got to be horrible to, to hear, hear everything, everything all the time yeah that's got to be terrible so i sympathize with her camille's is fine he gets to turn into whoever he wants yeah. i mean that's it's fun. I see that one like as like a neutral. Sure. I don't see it as that helpful, but okay. It's not hurting anybody. If you were You uh, could use it you for could bad. Use it, you could yeah, use it for bad. And he and he does at times. He turns into Dolores to get yeah. seconds at yeah. breakfast. Yeah. Antonio's is a great one. Luisa's is very very helpful. Luisa seems to get like two. Super strong and, and indestructible. Indestructible, yes. Because she throws that boulder up and just lets it crack, crack over her, her shoulders. Yeah. Just And donkeys. She donkeys. got the power of donkeys. Yeah. Well, the if donkeys fucking love her. They love her. And they, they and they seem to live in her room also. They spend the do does she have a room? I don't Louisa? remember seeing her room. Yeah, Louisa's room. Yes, we see her room. Uh, we see her room at some point and the donkeys are in there with her. Oh. In her song, the donkeys are like everywhere. Yes. Um at the end of the movie, the donkeys live with her. Yeah. And she Oh yeah, and she's she's like resting alone and then they yeah. give her a drink and everything. Um, yeah, well, it's because she spends the most time with the donkeys because she's always like lifting them and bringing them from this place to that place. Um, uh, there's, I mean, there's, and, like, there's some the kind donkeys. of hidden meaning there, there that could we're be. missing. There could be. But that is bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Bruno's gift also seems like hers. So, um, yeah, I go with flowers. Cool. You go with animals. I go with the animals. Two safe answers, I think. Yeah. I don't think we're going to. I don't think so. Get, get a lot of backlash on that one. Uh, I think that brings us to. Shades and sketch recommendations. You want to go first this time? Sure. I am going to recommend Brooklyn Nine Nine because I was that was on my queue for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. I wanted to watch it for a long time because um, it's done by Michael Sure or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Pronounce. I know Andy Samberg is Andy Samberg and Terry Crews and Terry Crews is in it. Um. He's the guy who made um, Park and Rex and yep. The Good Place. Okay. And so, you know, like on a subreddit for one of Did those. Did it used to be on Fox? Fo on and, Fox. Yeah. And, and then, then it jumps like, networks. Yeah. I don't know. I'm okay. Now it's on NBC. I should say I'm mid season three. I think it's all wrapped up. I think it's all done. Oh, okay. I'm mid season three, but I'm still going to recommend it. Um, I think I shied away from it because I'm not a giant like Andy Samberg yeah. fan, but. And he's he's fine. Sure, he's, he's a fine vehicle in the in the in the show. But the characters are so fun, and the writing of these characters and their interactions is so great. And the reason I'm recommending it in this episode is because it continues to blow me away that Rosa <laughs> is Stephanie Beatrice, the voice of Maribel. No way. Yes. What? One hundred percent. I have verified it numerous times because I cannot it. Blows okay, me I'm not away. like a crazy fan. I don't watch it really. I have yep. seen episodes. Yeah. Rosa that is, is the mind-boggling like, to me. The hard, grew up on the street, yeah. tough chick from Brooklyn, right? She's like, oh, wow. She I never smile. Would've... She's always wearing a leather jacket. I never would have put that together. She's like rough and yeah. tough. She's got a good heart, but she's like hard yeah, exterior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Maribel, 
is like the opposite. The opposite. And the fact that she's got that range blows me away. Because because like, you know, you watch like Moana right. and the rock shows up on and you're like you hear him and you're like, yeah, uh, that's, that's the, rock. the rock. You know. I never would have put those two no. things together. And, and it, I even looked up yeah. the cast, didn't click on like the IMB, and I did not put that together. Blew me away. And I guess in learning that I've also learned that she in real life is much closer to Maribel. Oh, that's than, so fun. Than Rosa. So Rosa is much, a much more of a character that she's doing. But I keep watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine thinking, I'm okay, I'm going to hear Maribel come out at some point. Never. Never breaks. But um, other than that, just, it does feel very good place. Maybe not as big and grand as good place. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of like philosophy involved with good place. Or, or Park and Rex, where it's really character-driven. It's like a story and an environment and it's something that like you've seen a million times on TV. So you're already familiar with what things are happening. There's, there doesn't need to be a lot established with yeah. what's, what's happening in the show, but it's all about characters and their interactions and their lives. And, um, Andy Samberg's probably my least favorite character on the show. Yeah. But like, I love Charles. I love uh, the, uh, the, um, the captain Hulk oh, captain. is yeah. without a doubt my favorite so character. Good. Um, it's just if you were like me and you kind of like paused on it because it was kind of gone from TV sooner than you could get around to it, it's worth checking out. Give it's it on shot. it's on the Peacock, the 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 NBC streaming the service, cock. which like yeah, it's on the, the cock. cock. That's what we call it around here. The GoCo. What's on the cock tonight, who, Shades? Who? I don't know. It was not a good. I decision. mean, it clearly it was named by someone who was getting fired. Yeah, and right. they were like, it's the Peacock, That's and they were like. Good luck shortening it. You either Good got luck. P or cock. Good so. luck. My my parting gift to you. Yep. Enjoy enjoy watching the cock. Yep. Yeah. So we when we when we moved, we got new service and it came with our new service. So that's nice. That's the silver lining there, I guess. But uh yeah, Brooklyn nine nine. Even if you just watch one episode with Rosa to and appreciate to just, that. To just go yeah. like wow. Wow. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cool. All right. Uh, com- entirely different direction, though it is animated. I'm going to recommend Star Trek Prodigy, mm. uh, which is an animated show that is set in continuity, but long after events of the, the prime timeline. So we're back in the original series on through Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. Um, and not sure exactly when it takes place, but it feel it's set in the Delta quadrant somewhere um, on a work camp colony. So it's like taking that. I feel like it, when we were growing up, there was always this like trope in animation where the character gets placed in some like desert work camp mm-hmm. where they like have to so like a pickaxe and they just got a crime. So something. it takes that trope, but it puts it in space mm-hmm. And while they're, you know, our our establishing characters, while they're, like, working on this asteroid, discover the USS Protostar. Okay. And escape, like, they can't understand each other. Like, it's brilliant because they're all different races. They don't speak languages until one of them gets on the ship and finds a communicator comm badge, Mm. which has a universal, it's a universal translator and communicator. And so the, for the first time, people in proximity, they're, like, they're able to understand each other and start, you know, they develop relationships. They find, you know, we need someone who's going to be able to, like, 
move stuff around. We need a strong person. We need an engineer. We need this. And they like put together their, their crew and they escape their prison on the protostar. Nice. But on the protostar, Uh-oh. they meet a holographic representation of Kate Mulgrew's Captain Catherine Janeway from Star Trek Voyager. Okay. And takes these they've ne- these you know so our main characters have never heard of the federation they're they're kids like 16 like maybe like 10 on to 20 young adults yeah young kids to young adults mm-hmm. and they like holographic captain janeway so she's the emergency holographic command module because on voyager they had the emergency metal uh, medical hologram the okay. emh mm-hmm. and so she's like the e C E C H or something like emergency command hologram. And so captain Janeway is teaching our main characters how to be the best that they can possibly be an ideal, like the, the ideal of the Federation to be explorers and like negotiators and ambassadors of goodwill and, and like the greater good. Uh, And it's, it's just really nice because star Trek has seemed to have forgotten that, that it's about exploration and the best that, humanity can be it like star trek at its core is the vision of a it's a socialist's view of the future we've we've outgrown money personal gain selfishness it's like the best that humanity can be and Mm -hmm. we go off into the stars and we find like-minded individuals and the people that we can't bring into the fitter like that just will not mirror those ideals those are our enemies and it's not about defeating them but it's about putting up a solid front so that the the world within the federation can can live this way and we can put up a solid barrier and keep the the you know keep the adversaries outside the gates mm-hmm. and over time maybe we can expand the gates to include our adversaries we can build commonalities and certainly the JJ Abrams stuff is just about like blow blow it up yeah just destruction adventure it's more it falls more into star wars mm-hmm. than it does into star trek mm-hmm. So this this show particularly feels like a good vehicle to start bringing some of that back. Uh, the animation is great. Uh, uh, I know you and I both uh, enjoy the the exploits of Jason Manzukis, who oh, yeah. voices a character named Jenkum Je- Pog. Jason Manzukis just showed up on Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's become a character. Oh, that's fantastic! This is our yeah. Manzukis recommendation. It's the Manzukis recommendation, and I, I'm a big fan. And he is perfect. His character is named Jenkum Pog, and and speaks in the third person. Mm-hmm. So whenever he starts in like Jenkum Pog is hungry mm-hmm. and, and at one you know and he's a very simplistic character and like refers to his crewmates as dum-dums. Nice. Like you know uh, the, you dum-dums are lucky to have Jenkum Pog with you and you know motivated by his stomach and it's he's fantastic in it. On Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he plays a cop who's recently back from, like, a 20-year undercover mob sting. <laughs> so he's, like, readjusting to society. Totally compromised, and yeah. And he's just, like, batshit crazy. It keeps yeah. coming out. So, you That's know. That's awesome. Zooks! Zooks! Um, yeah, so I was thoroughly... I did not know he was... Or if it's I did know, I, for, I forgot that he was he was in it. Yeah. Uh, or thought he was going to be a, a throwaway, and uh, I've re- I'm just really enjoying the show, and it's it, the animation's fantastic. It's on Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus right? Yeah, I think it I've, aired on Nickelodeon, I'm but it's on Paramount Plus now. I'm thinking about getting Paramount Plus. I'm I'm also kind of thinking of dropping Netflix at least for a little bit. I know, um, right? It's rough. 
It is rough. I just feel like the things I like are getting canceled. It, I 100% agree. Yeah. If Stranger Things hadn't dropped, I would probably have canceled yeah. Netflix. I figure we'll watch that. Which I never thought I would hear myself say. And but I, they have just canceled everything that I enjoy. Probably, like, I don't think I need to keep it forever like I've been doing. Like, I'd probably just, like, drop it and get it again when there's we something We usually drop it when we finish the Star Trek stuff. Yeah. Paramount? S- Paramount. Yeah. Because that's really all I watch on it. Yeah. Paramount's um, got a lot of Nickelodeon stuff, too. So that, It does. The, the Avatar network is going to be on it. Yeah. Eventually, when they get that up and running, yeah. Avatar Studios. We got some time. Um, we got some time. But uh, also, um, so Prodigy came out first, but also in the works is... What I like about the show is it's... A, the other thing that doesn't feel very Star Trek is that they, they left episodic storytelling behind. Mm-hmm. Which like is the trend? Like Star Trek was always episodic. Are you talking about the the animated show, the Prodigy, or are you talking about what Star Trek is doing What's, in their what live Star, action? Stuff? What Star Trek has done in its live action? Okay. And Prodigy was the first Star Trek series to return to episodic. episodic yeah. And there's a through like even with episodic storytelling, there's a through line that's yeah. usually revolved at the end of the season. But you you go on other adventures and, yeah. and do things. Prodigy's done Orville's that, and now like that. Star Trek Brave New Worlds, which is a in between series, it takes place between some different Star Trek shows, but before the original series, um, it has also returned to episodic storytelling. And it's more about exploration and adventures. Prodigy is kind of more about like self exploration and sure. development. That's um, good. But they also do like go to new planets and meet new civilizations and things That's like that. And too. Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds is doing that as well. And, and hopefully we've turned a corner and we're returning to core Star Trek. Yeah. Um, little known fact, long time to listeners. I do talk about it. I am, I am a Trekkie at my core. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do prefer Star Trek to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I enjoy both, but Star Trek came first. I saw Star Trek before I saw Star Wars. And, uh, I much prefer like the idea of like exploration and discovery to like, just like yet another war just in the setting of space. Mm-hmm. Lightsabers are cool, but like I'm a sucker for a ship and, and Star Trek has cooler ships for the most parts. Okay. That are you know I like that idea of exploration. Yeah, and there it is. That's my wreck. Star think, Trek Prodigy. I think one of the things I've realized about Star Wars for me is that I like fantasy. Yeah, and Star Wars is just a fantasy sense mm-hmm. with wizards and knights. And yeah, like I think that. they've leaned too hard into the war element. Oh, particularly recently. Yes. Yeah, really since Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. Star Star Wars was never like the war was never at the the forefront of no, it was, Star it Wars. It was like fa- high fantasy, high in fantasy space. in space, and and they've just like really been more leaning like towards like yeah, a, saving Private Ryan in space. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty fantastical war. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yep. There you go. Two great Jason Manzukas recommendations. Long Don't time know listeners. what you're in the mood you... for, but I hope it's Jason Manzukas. <laughs> Zooks. All right. Uh, and now listeners. calling into the show. Oh, my God. I oh, man. That would be so amazing. Hard. You know what? I'm going to put it out there. 2023, season f- season four, mm-hmm. geeking out. Zooks is a guest. Whoa. Show. I'm going to put it out there. Okay. See what we can do. All right. Sounds good. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, Long-time listeners, uh, thank you for thank you for being being here with us. Uh, Are you going to take anything from the Encanto? Oh, um. Uh, no, I'm good. How about wow. you? Oh, I am. What are you going to take? I am taking a crate of Julieta's fruit preserves and cured meats. Cool. The cure-all. Her food is, yeah. cures yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, 
just seems very handy to have on the Goko. Does you have your big needle of like atropine, atropine, and I have like preserved fruits and meats and meats. Like sure, I think that's a more pleasant way to cure cure what ails you. You know, I missed that there was a that she had preserves. I mean, I'm assuming she's making preserves. Oh, everything looked like it all seemed like if you didn't eat it immediately, it would rot. It did, but I just assumed. Okay, I assumed. Cool. I didn't realize that was an option. Oh yeah, it's an option. I assume she's making. I mean, it's, cool. You need shelf stable things. You do. So Absolutely. I think there's some shelf stable. Well played sketch. When and the house maybe falls, I'll be regretting that. When the house falls, she does take out a like a crate of like bottled things. Sure. I don't know if that's something that she's made. I, I don't know if it's very will intuitive even, of you. I don't even know if it will even still have the power that it did when she cooked it. But Big it doesn't question. matter now. Doesn't, doesn't matter, matter now. now. I got it. You got it. I took, I took it from that, <laughs> that village. Sorry, my bad, guys. <laughs> Bruno saw it coming. So Bruno saw it, but did nothing. Did nothing. Just like Dolores. Uh, longtime listeners, our metrics show that less than the that that many of you listen regularly and we thank you, but less than 50% of our listeners are subscribed on the platform that they listen to. And, uh, you know, we are, we are at the mercy of the all important algorithm that we are dependent upon for, for getting this earworm into the ears of the most people. So we ask if you could please subscribe or follow Depend, you know, it might not be clear on the platform that you're listening on. It might be called following on your platform. It might be subscribing or it might be like, uh, the show, please subscribe to the show. Um, it really does make the difference in getting the, our content into rotation in the algorithm so that when you're finished listening to or watching something, we're in that rotation. It's not just enough to like it. It's not just enough to listen to it. The, the subscribe does matter. And, and so if you could please subscribe, like, or follow on the, the platform of your choice, doesn't matter which it is. We really appreciate it. It does make the difference in, in getting the content out there. That could be your gift. It could. It could. See what I did there? Yeah. Well, well played sketch. Tanto. And uh, we hope you enjoy this episode and uh, we will see, see you, you next time. time. If you'd like to take a more active role in supporting Geeking Out, visit us at patreon.com slash shades and sketch. Our website is shows.acast.com slash geeking out. You can email the show at go with shades and sketch at gmail.com or contact us through Facebook or Twitter. Geeking Out is a production of Tree Cave Creative LLC. All rights reserved 2022.